Well, good morning, Terwilliger Community Church. Thank you for those of you joining us here in person, those online. If you don't know me, my name is Adam. I'm one of the pastoral staff here at TCC. And we wanted to do something special and unique uh, for our service this morning. And so we thought it'd be great to interview someone. I tried to get Jesus lined up, but he was a little busy. He couldn't make it. Um, But if you've read Luke chapter 24, there's a story of these two guys who are walking on the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. One of those guys' names is Cleopas. Well, Cleopas has traveled through time and space to be with us here at Terwilliger Community Church this morning. So join with me in giving a warm welcome to our friend and guest, Cleopas. Hey, welcome, Cleopas. Welcome here. Oh, it's good to be here. How was your time travel experience? It was unique. Yeah. Only done that once before. Okay, yeah. For the first service. The fir- oh, for the first. Okay. <laughs> Has anyone ever told you that you have a, a striking resemblance to our senior pastor? Norb? Norm? Uh, pastor Norb. Norb. Yeah, it's, it's short, for, uh, short for Norbert. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, I guess I'm not much. <laughs> Who am I to make fun of somebody else's name? Oh, Cleopas. That's a pretty cool name. Well, you should have heard how I got teased in elementary school. <laughs> I don't know where Pastor Norb is. He, he's not going to want to miss this. I, anyway, maybe he'll check it out later or something. But thank you so much for coming. As you it's know, to to, today is Easter Sunday. It's an incredibly important uh, as service for our church. Each year we remember uh, the resurrection of Jesus, and we come in and do that together. Uh, but you had a very unique Easter Sunday experience some 2,000 years ago where you actually got to hang out with Jesus in, in the flesh, which is amazing. So I thought it'd be great if you could tell us more about that day. Well, it was pretty incredible. But before I tell you about that day, I think I, I need to tell you a little bit about that week. I mean, so much happened that week. We had been hearing so much about Jesus. Everyone was talking about him, about his miracles and his teaching. He had taught with so much authority. And, uh, and one week before the Easter Sunday, that you now call it that, um, there was this buzz in Jerusalem. And, um, and uh, it was Palm Sunday, which was last Sunday. That's what you call it now, right? Yeah, Palm that's Sunday. Right. And, uh, and I hear your pastor had a pretty good message on Palm Sunday. That was a great message so he preached. I, I think you should just go and listen, yeah. listen to that again if you, if you need to. Um, but anyways, uh, on that Sunday, people are singing and they're shouting and they're dancing in the streets because they thought for sure that this was the king. Jesus was the king who would finally liberate them from Roman oppression. But then on Friday, uh, that was a tough day. Brutal, actually. Um, Jesus is arrested, and he's mocked, and he's beaten, and he's spit on. And then they, they take him through these mock trials. And, and in the end, can you believe this? They crucified him. They killed him. And those who were very close to him, they just scattered. They all fled in fear. And, um, and one, not to mention any names, but it begins with P and ends with Eater, um, he denied him. He denied even knowing him. That's how afraid they were. Because they thought that if these people could kill Jesus, maybe that their lives were in danger as well. Yeah, that sounds really scary. And uh, so for yourself, you know, you wake up that Sunday morning. um, What did you do? Oh, we just decided that we would get out of there as well because we were a little bit uh, uncertain about everything as well, a little bit of fear. And so um, my traveling companion and I, we thought we'd get to our home village of Emmaus. It was about 11 kilometers away. 
your traveling companion. You know, I've read in, in Luke 24 a few times that we know that your name is Cleopas, but we don't get the name of your traveling friend. Can you, can you give us his name? Sorry, I can't tell you. I could, but then you know what I'd have to do to you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you, know, you know, it was like Luke, he gathered us together because uh, he wanted to capture our story because it was so unique. And uh, he, he was writing a book and collecting all of the, the uh, events of Jesus' life. And so he asked us, like, can we use your names? And I was like, oh, sure, that'd be cool because people will, like, talk about me forever. And, uh, um, but the other guy, he just he was kind of humble that way and just wanted to remain anonymous. So I can't tell you. Sorry about okay, that. Okay, well, that's fine. So anyway, so you guys start walking. What happens next? Okay, so we're walking along. It's, like I said, it's 11 kilometers just, you know, we did that walk a few times, so it was only a couple of hours. It was a pretty brisk walk. Um, but uh, we're talking, of course, about everything that we had just gone through, everything that we experienced, everything that everyone else was talking about. I mean, we had just gone to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. We sure didn't expect to witness riots and, uh, and a crucifixion. And so we're just walking along, and, and, and Jesus starts talking to us. He just kind of comes out of nowhere, and there he is walking with us. And the crazy thing is, is that we didn't even recognize him. We didn't know that it was Jesus. Now, it wasn't like he changed his appearance or anything like that, uh, but we were supernaturally kept from recognizing him. It was just so strange. Now, we find out later that it was Jesus, and so that's what I'm here to tell you about, but I'll get to that. So, you're now walking with Jesus who had been crucified. Now he's alive. He's with you but you don't know that it's him. Exactly. But, you know, I I need to go back. I can't believe I missed this. This is an important detail because really early that morning, the Marys, as we just called them, because they were always together, and it was just too confusing to tell them apart, but one was Mary Magdalene, and then, of course, the other Mary. How would you always like to be known as the other person, right? (laughs) But, uh, But they go down to the tomb, and, uh, and while they're there, there's this, uh, an earthquake, the ground shakes, um, the, the, the soldiers that were there to um, guard the tomb, uh, they fainted, and then an angel appears, and he tells the Marys that Jesus is not there, that he is risen. So what do you do if you were to hear something so surprising? <laughs> you go and tell everyone. <laughs> exactly. And so we, they, they, they ran back to where the disciples had gathered and just told everybody that Jesus is risen. And at first, everyone was a little bit like, yeah, right, that seems a little far-fetched. And, and Peter, I mean, <laughs> Peter, he, of course, he's got to run back to the tomb himself to, to, to prove for himself that what the ladies were telling him was, in fact, true. And, and it was true. The tomb was empty. And all that were there were the strips of the linen cloth that Jesus had been wrapped in just a few days earlier. So that's just, that's incredible. So this empty tomb that Jesus was crucified, he's put in the tomb. He's no longer in the tomb. And so here you are walking with your friend and your nameless friend. who You're not allowed to tell us who he is. But Jesus is with you. You don't know it's him. Now what? <laughs> yeah, so Jesus... Um, we didn't know that, of course. He, he comes up to us and he says, what are you talking about? Which really was kind of ironic, isn't it? Because we're talking about Jesus and he's right there with us, but we don't even know it. But as a question, it was kind of a strange question, really, because everyone was talking about Jesus and everything that had happened in the past few days. So for somebody to ask us, what are you guys talking about? It was like, just kind of crazy. But the funny thing is, is 
Jesus just kind of played dumb. <laughs> and, uh, and he just says, oh, well, what things happened? And, um, you know, I kind of just have to smile about it now. But, but we went on and we told Jesus about Jesus and about everything that happened to Jesus. <laughs> and so looking back, I do feel kind of silly a little uh, about it. But, um, you know, I just didn't recognize him. Yeah. So it was kind of an honest mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So how did you answer that question that he had asked? Well, we, we, we told him. We didn't think we should have had to tell him, but we told him that everyone was talking about Jesus of Nazareth, that he was a prophet. He was powerful in word and deed. He, he did so many miracles, amazing miracles. I mean, he would just touch somebody or say a word, and the, the, the lame would walk, and the deaf would hear, and the blind would see. I mean, he even raised Lazarus from the dead. And his teaching, powerful, convicting, authoritative. You know, Adam, if people just lived according to his teaching, the world would flourish. We would flourish. And, uh, and our world would be a far better place. But part of the problem was is that he also claimed to be the son of God. And that didn't sit right with the religious leaders of the day. And the rulers themselves, they were afraid that, that he would cause an uprising. I mean... Uh, Palm Sunday was kind of a close call, right? And so they were, they were now on edge um, because if he really was the Messiah as everyone hoped he would be, they, they were expecting him to redeem Israel and free them from their captivity. And the rulers didn't want that to happen. And so they just wanted to get rid of him. To them, Jesus was an inconvenient truth. So they torture him and crucify him, put him in a tomb. But then... Three days later, he rises from the dead. The tomb's empty. Angels say he's alive. So you tell Jesus about all this. How does he respond? Yeah, so this is where it gets a little bit weird because he actually starts to lecture us. Um, He called us foolish, a little offensive, um, because he said we were slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And at first I was like, who are you calling slow? (laughs) You know, I was a little put off by it all, but... For someone who seemed not to know what had happened in Jerusalem over the past few days, he sure knew a lot about Jesus. And so he started with Moses and, and, uh, and, and then the prophets, and he explained to us how, how all of the scriptures pointed to Jesus. And it was just this super interesting, engaging conversation, and the time went by so quickly. He, he, you know, there's a couple things that he said that really stood out for me, that he told us how the, the, the old, like the Jewish sacrificial system that we had been practicing forever um, to make atonement for sin, for the forgiveness of sin. He said it was no longer necessary because Jesus had become that once and for all sacrifice for sin. Um, and then he told us about uh, John the Baptist, how one time um, Jesus and the disciples were walking by and, Jesus, and, and John sees him from a distance and points. He says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so he called him God's Lamb, this, this perfect sacrificial lamb that would be offered as a sacrifice for our sin. So he paid the price for our sin by dying in our place. I mean, it really is remarkable. It's incredible when you think about it. It is amazing. I guess it's like Jesus is like giving you this theology lesson as you walk along the road <laughs> and explaining to you that the way that you've always related to God as a Jew through the sacrificial system, that that way isn't necessary anymore because Christ has done it. That's just 
That's crazy. That's yeah. like earth-shattering, mind-bending uh, truth that he's given you there. So after his theology lesson with you guys, did he kind of say goodbye and, and leave you there, or did he walk with you all the way to Emmaus? Yeah, he did. And, and uh, you know, it was getting late by the time we got to my house, and and, and it was kind of funny when I think about it. He kind of, you know, pretended that he wanted to, that he was going to keep walking, and, and he kind of played a little bit like, oh, I just, I, I got some places to go. I don't really know what he had in mind, but, but um, I could tell he kind of wanted to stay. Deep down, he wanted to stay, and, and so um, I made it known that he should stay with us. I mean, really, hospitality was expected in those days. Having a stranger stay with you wasn't uncommon, so I wasn't worried about having the stranger uh, stay with us. Um, the problem was that even though I quickly pulled a, put a meal together, we didn't have much. I mean, I didn't make it back to Emmaus in time to get to the local market. I mean, we didn't have a grocery store in every corner like you guys seem to have. But, um, but, uh, but all I had was a loaf of bread. And, um, and, and just try to imagine this for a moment. I mean, time just kind of seemed to stand still for a moment. And, um, and this stranger, he the one loaf of bread that the three of us were going to share and he gave thanks to God for it and then he just broke it into pieces and and served it and I was a little bit like uncomfortable for a moment because I'm the host I should have been been doing that but as he was giving that bread to us our eyes kind of met and suddenly our eyes were just (laughs) supernaturally miraculously open and we saw him for who he really was. Wow. We recognized him. it was Jesus. Jesus was alive having dinner with us. I mean, it was unbelievable. And yet, no sooner had we recognized him that, poof, he's just, he's just gone. And, and for a few seconds, which tell, I'm telling you, it seemed a lot longer at the time. We just sat dumbfounded and in total disbelief. It was like, were we dreaming? Did this really just happen? It was such yeah. a surreal experience because it was like, how did we miss it? How did we not recognize him? I remember saying to my nameless companion, you know, weren't our hearts burning within us as he opened the scriptures and told us about himself? Wow, man. It's, you know, I've read about your story so many times, but like hearing you tell it to us, it's just, it's unreal to think. (laughs) I could just picture it, right? Jesus like suddenly appearing in that way, you suddenly seeing him for who he is, just remarkable. Yeah. So it was probably hard for you guys to sleep that night. What <laughs> oh, do you do with that? Yeah, no, we didn't, we didn't sleep. There's no way we were going to be able to sleep. And I mean, news like that uh, was not something you're going to, um, you know, keep to yourself, right? And it wasn't like we thought, well, it's getting a little dark. Maybe we should sleep on it, wake up in the morning, see if we still believe that this really happened to us. And, and, and we just thought, you know, there's no way that, no other way of telling everybody about this without getting back to Jerusalem. And so, um, I mean, the fact that everything that Jesus had said about himself was true, that, that he really had died for our sins, that he really was the Son of God, that he really rose again so that we would have victory over death. I mean, think about it, Adam. Yeah. Forgiveness of sin and eternal life and a way of life that we can live now that would really allow humanity to flourish 
if only we followed the way. And so there was absolutely no way that we were going to just sleep on that. So we hightailed it back to, to Jerusalem. And I mean, you're a runner, right? Like, what's your fastest 10K? 10K, man. Well, wearing sandals and a tunic, I don't think I'd be able to go that yeah, fast. A little <laughs> awkward. But, you, you know, if, if you want to make time, you've got to take those sandals off yeah, and just I barefoot it. And, and so we just, we just got back. And uh, we knew exactly where the 11 were staying. I mean, um, Judas... Yeah, he was, he was gone. What a, yeah. man, I think if the other disciples got their hands on Judas, hmm. he would have been in some serious trouble, but he's obviously out of the picture at this point, but there were others that had followed Jesus, and, and, and as, as much as they had fled in fear, they, they did start to find each other, and they gathered together, and there were other followers of Jesus um, who were then with them. And, uh, and so we just burst into the room. I just remember it so well. We just ran in there and just went, Jesus is alive. Wow. And like, so they'd heard the reports from the, from the Marys, but man, like, they wouldn't have seen him yet. So this would have been like this amazing moment for them, right? Well, I wish it was that way. I mean, they already knew that Jesus was alive, not just because the Marys had come back and told them that he is risen or that he wasn't in the tomb, but but Jesus had already appeared to Peter, so oh, it's a bit he, of a bummer. Jesus yeah. ruined your moment. <laughs> he did, yeah. yeah. Um, but our experience, you know, it was so unique, and, uh, and so we had a story to tell. I think everybody has a story to tell when they encounter Jesus, and, um, and how we didn't even know that it was him until he broke the bread. And, uh, and so we told that story, and Peter told us his story, and John told us his story. I mean, it was... It was really amazing to think of how we went from being so discouraged and defeated and disillusioned and confused and, and then the events of that morning and to now just going, he's alive. And everybody was kind of wondering where he was. And all of a sudden, he just shows up there in the room hmm. to all of us at once. Wow. And, and it wasn't like, you know, individual stories anymore. It was a, a, a communal experience that we all had with Jesus. But really, that's probably a story for another time. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? We are actually running out of time. Um, but just as we wrap this up, what, are, what would you like the people who are here and the people online, what would you like them to know? What can they take away from this? On, online? What's that? Oh, online. Oh, that's hard to explain. Well, there's these cameras here, and uh, they're broadcasting you into people's homes. They're watching you right now real time. Can they hear me as well? They can hear you as well, yeah. Okay, well, good. Well, yeah. so, so then maybe you want to listen to this. Um, there's a few things that I would say after my experience. Uh, I would say this. First of all, his death is historically true. You can be certain that the cross is empty. You can believe that Jesus really died for you, that, that his death is indisputable. I mean, most historians, secular and, 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 and Christian historians, would agree on this fact that Jesus' death actually happened. So we really need to ask then, why did Jesus die? You see, Jesus stepped in and died in our place. And you know, I felt it because the more I hope in Jesus, the closer I feel to God. And it's that new life that, that, that Jesus was always talking about. He, and we didn't understand it at the time, but he, he taught about it all the time. And something changed after his death and resurrection because it was almost as if a part of me died. Um, that sin and that separation from God died in me. And 
Now that Jesus had been raised from the dead, I feel like I had been raised to new life as well. Everything changed, and it can change for you too. The second thing I would say is this, that his resurrection is historically true. You see, not only was the cross empty, the tomb was empty as well. You can believe that Jesus rose again. He is risen. I saw him. I talked with him. I walked with him. Listen to this. The the empty grave is the convincing fact that your faith in a risen Savior is real. You think about this. He appeared to over 515 people uh, during 11 uh, recorded historical events after he rose from the dead. (laughs) That's a lot of eyewitnesses. It wasn't just a couple. So you're not the only one who saw him alive. There's a lot of evidence, the fact that Jesus was alive after he was put in the tomb. Absolutely. But, but think about this too. Think about the change of those followers of his from before his resurrection to after. Because um, at the crucifixion, those closest to him, they fled in fear, right? They, they scattered. They, they were afraid of their own lives. If they could do this to Jesus, what would they maybe do to us? And, and, and really, that was the fear that motivated Peter to, to deny him. He didn't want to be associated with him because he was afraid for his own life. But after the resurrection, his followers are no longer living in fear. They're bold and they're confident. Why? Because they knew that the tomb was empty. In fact, some of them were so confident of the fact that Jesus rose from the dead that they were willing to proclaim that truth to their own deaths. And so we have to ask then, why does the resurrection matter? Because not only do we testify to the empty tomb, we actually experience it as we know the presence of Jesus is with us here and now, now and forever. And so we know that he's alive. And when Peter and his gang were spreading the news and the church was really going. There was a lot really for them to be afraid of, but they had this confidence because they knew that Jesus was with them, Hmm. helping them, leading them. Um, Yeah, so he was just present. And we need to live every day in light of the resurrection of Jesus. He has risen indeed. He is alive, and this means new life for you and for me now and forever. Preach it, Cleopas. That's, that is good stuff, man. Well, sorry to get a little preachy, but it does get me excited, right? No, like, that's good. This, this is, portion is replacing the sermon for today, so this is perfect. No, no sermon today? Well, this is great. You're, yeah. you're doing more than enough here. Can, can, we, can you guys do that? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, uh, you know, it just, as I think about this day, the resurrection changed everything. And, um, you know, you, you may be here today or you're watching online. Online, right? right. And, and, um, and you may be a little skeptical of this or you, you have some doubts. And I want to say that's okay because I, I had some doubts too. Me and my friend doubted. We were unsure, um, you may have heard of this uh, disciple named Thomas. He, he doubted, and, and he didn't believe until he actually physically touched Jesus. 
But I want to say to those of you who are maybe skeptical or doubting that Jesus may be right beside you. He may be right in front of you, but you just don't recognize him yet. And what I ask of you is that even if you don't believe my story, that you would just check it out for yourself. Do some of your own investigation. And I'm sure that you will find the evidence compelling. Now, some of you are believers. Uh, You need to know that the resurrection did change everything. It really, really does. To me, it's summed up in, in a song that I heard once. No guilt in life, no fear in death. Man, you know, if we just lived in that reality, if we lived like that, But I want to say something to those of you who may not be, uh, you know, a a skeptic who who maybe doesn't believe in the authenticity of of the and the historical evidence for Jesus. Um, Maybe you had hopes and expectations for Jesus yourself, and he somehow didn't meet those needs, Um, and and so you're skeptical, and and you've just kind of maybe walked away from, from God a little bit. But then there's those believers. But there's some of you also that might be right at the cusp. You, you, you hear this story, and um, you've yet to put your faith and trust in Jesus. And perhaps like me on that, on that road to Emmaus, even right now, your heart is burning within you. Because you know that Jesus has revealed himself to you. You believe that Jesus uh, died and rose again. You believe that the cross and the tomb are both empty. But yet you have not yet received this free gift of grace. Because it's one thing just to believe this and to kind of give kind of intellectual knowledge to this. It's a whole nother to actually, by faith, receive this gift, this free gift of grace. Forgiveness of sins, eternal life, and a full and abundant life now. And if you're in that place, I would say today, just talk to God. Tell him that you're sorry for your sins. You know, thank Jesus for dying for those sins. And ask Jesus now to be the leader of your life. Hmm. I just want to say to you, there would be no better day than today on an Easter Sunday to decide today to wholeheartedly Commit your life to following Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Cleopas, for coming. I just, I love those application points. So to the critic, to the one who wonders if these events are historic or real or what, what do they matter, do some investigation. Look into it. You know, Jesus claimed to be the way, the truth, and the life. And so he needs to stand up against exactly. every scrutiny, every question, every doubt. Uh, And I'm confident that if you do that investigation, you will find indeed that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So you need to to do that. Don't just criticize Christianity as well. You need to criticize every worldview. I think you'll find Jesus standing as the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, To the person who is a believer, live with the power of the resurrection every single day. Jesus is alive. And so often, I think, in our Christian faith, we can leave him in the tomb as if who he is doesn't matter to certain parts of our life, but that's not true at all. Yeah. He matters to all of it. We need to let that power, in, in Romans 8, it talks about the, the, the power of the Spirit being something that we live and walk by. Uh, so we need to live walking with our resurrected Savior that's who right. is with us. And then to those of us who 
aren't necessarily questioning anymore. There's a sense of this stuff is true. Maybe there is that burning in your heart. Take that step of faith today. Uh, pray and cry out to God, uh, asking for that forgiveness of sins, asking to do life with Him, asking that His Spirit would empower your life. Uh, so that's just, those are some really great, fantastic takeaways for us this morning. So thank you so much, Cleopas. Hey, do you, me. do you mind if we just like sing a song about all the stuff we just talked about? I think that'd be great. That would be a great way to, to wrap this up for Sweet. sure. Sounds good. I'm going to get the band to come back up here. Um, and do you mind praying for us? I, we, I'd be honored. I'd be great. honored. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for coming. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we have this day to remember the truth of the empty cross and the empty tomb. And we know that you died to pay the penalty for our sins, and we know that you rose to life so that we might have new life, where we die to our old self and we have this new way of living. You replace our heart, as it were, this rocky, stone-hard, cold-hearted heart with your heart. And so, Lord, I pray for those that um, are maybe a little doubtful this morning. Um, they've been invited here or they've been invited to watch uh, online and, and they, they just don't know what, what we know or what we've experienced. And so I pray that you would meet them right where they're at. We know that they may not even recognize you being right there in front of them. But I pray, Father, there would become a breaking of bread moment for them, that their eyes would be open and that they would see you for who you really are, that they would fully recognize you to be the living Son of God. And Father, for those who have placed their hope and their trust and their confidence in you and all of what you accomplished on the cross, I pray that we would this day experience the joy and the wonder of that truth, that we would walk in, in, in the light of that reality that we would truly experience this, no guilt in life, no fear in death. And so when all around us sometimes feels chaotic and extreme and fearful, uh, that we have this hope and this confidence because of the resurrection. Father, we just thank you. We can't thank you enough for your son Jesus, for his life, his death, and his resurrection. And Father, for those that are maybe just on the cusp of wondering what they should do, I pray that you would give them the courage to say yes to you today, Jesus. That they would say uh, sorry for their sin, that they would ask for your forgiveness, and that they would invite you to be the Lord and leader of their life that would help them to, to make decisions, everyday decisions, that you would be there walking with them right beside us as you do with all of us. So we just thank you for the ability and the opportunity to, com, com, um, to proclaim that truth today through, um, through a testimony and through uh, the songs that we sing as well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.